The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast. Here on CBS Sports, that's Tom Fernelli, that's Danny Cannell, I'm Chip Patterson, coming to you live at youtube.com slash cover3, and everywhere you get your podcasts on demand, thanks for hanging out, smash that subscribe, smash that like, and come and join us in the chat, aka the Cover 3 Tailgate, where we ask, you know, to participate, that you subscribe, and we ask that you subscribe if you haven't already, so that we can get to 50. Listen, y'all don't know, like these these little benchmarks, our growth has been incredible. It's all been thanks to you, but every little bit helps us. And so as we're getting ready to prepare for the 2024 season and all of the different changes that are going to be coming across college football, you know, we want to be able to have uh, as much support from everyone. It really means a lot to our bosses when we hit all these benchmarks. So if you like us, please help us so that we can get on to 50,000 and be able to get there along the way. Tom, why are you chuckling? You sound like you you sound like a football coach right now begging his fans to give him money so he can buy a running back. <laughs> it, it, you know what? It's not that dissimilar. It's not. <laughs> it's really not that dissimilar. What, the biggest difference is that it costs you nothing to subscribe to the channel and exactly. get content for, you know, endless endless content. And we'll talk about the running back you also help buy. Yeah, thir for 13 million subscriptions, that's what it takes to manage a roster here on the Cover 3 podcast. <laughs> if we get 13 million subs, I mean, there should be a big prize for our listeners. I'm buying new golf clubs if we get 13 million subs. <laughs> and if maybe we get 13 more. million subs, we are hosting a golf tournament. Exactly. <laughs> Let's yeah. make it happen. We could do yeah. our own bowl. We could do our own playoff. Yeah, screw Ooh. it. All right. I uh, always love here on a Thursday where we are getting very interactive. We'll be taking questions a little bit later on from the five-star mailbag where uh, listeners have gone in, they've left us a review, and in that review, they have put their mailbag question. Uh, so we'll be getting to one of those as well, including, I like this one a lot, if you could pick one quarterback, one running back, and one wide receiver, any era that all played at the same school, what school are you taking and who are you picking for those spots? So we got a little bit of time. To digest on that as you're listening at home, as you're watching along, uh, you can start to break that down and we'll be discussing it later. That's one of many questions we'll get to as well as, like we do every single time, taking questions from the tailgate. So this one falls in line with a little bit of news of the day. Grant from the tailgate says, which player do you see opting out of the $600 for college football 25? 
I like that we will know who did because he is right. <laughs> I'm sure that some enterprising college football fan will scan all of the game and all of the rosters before we get rocking and rolling and be able to let us know such things. Um, the EA Sports, uh, EA Sports announced, was it today? The yeah. news broke. Uh, each pl players who opt into the game get six hundred dollars plus a copy of the video game. So I guess you know for Grant's question or just sort of the the news in general, Danny, uh, how are you approaching this? Thinking about the not the new video game, but really what the players can get out of this. Were you guys not surprised it was this little? No, like you're not. So we missed out on one of the most enjoyable experiences for college football fans for a decade over six hundred bucks a player mm -hmm. and a free game. With 70 mm -hmm. bucks. So I did the math 11,000 players, 6.8 million uh, has been the number that's out there that EA Sports, who generates way more than that in revenues, couldn't just call it like that's what we've been dealing with. It wasn't EA Sports who was unwilling to pay. EA Sports, as soon as that ruling came down, was like, okay, we'll do it because they knew they would make money. It was the NCAA that wouldn't allow them to pay the players. Did you get an EA check? I did not. For some reason, I did not. Did they contact uh, you? Because I yeah, had friends I never who got played jacked. and got an EA check. I mm -hmm. never got jack squat. But I know some of my, like Greg McElroy did. There were some players that were a little bit younger uh, that did get some of the royalties. It started in 93 uh, with the Bill Walsh game. And then yeah. I think 95, like, so I was just getting, like, just finishing up at Florida State when it really became more popular. I'd be all about it now. Like, are we having dynasty mode? I'll take 600 bucks in a free game. Like, or what are they doing with the past players? Are they going to do like Epic, you know, like the classic teams the that you can build? Danny, I did. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and spoil the joke. Now I was going to say uh, Danny Warwick and Warwick for my, for my answer to the question. Give me Dan, Danny Cannell, Warwick done, Peter Warwick. Let's I'll take go. on anybody. Let's go. Right. Let's do it. Um. So to his question, because I, I put it on the thread. I think this seems really cheap. I think the players got a raw deal. Uh, I think they should have held out for more, especially some of the top-tier players. And we, you know, the obvious returning quarterbacks, returning wide receivers, returning defensive linemen, you know, the, the pass rushers, uh, Caleb Downs, you know, one of the best players in the country. But texted Bud, texted the group, and Bud was like, none of them. You know, he said all, all of them should, should opt in to this one. Which I do think they already said they're going to have some ambassadors, so I think they're going to try to avoid some of the possible, you know, issues they could face with the higher profile players, um, like a Quinn Ewers, like a Carson Beck, like a Caleb Downs, as we mentioned, Quinshaw Judkins. I mean, you can go down the list. I think they'll probably have, what do you think, ten to twenty ambassadors that they'll pay probably. extra, you and, know, and they'll have a cover, cover which may or may not be. I think it should be Nick Saban. You know, an ode to him. I know Coach Prime has been on there, but if they put a four, four and eight coach on the cover, I might boycott it and not buy it. Um, so Danny I, doesn't want six hundred. Yeah, but I, <laughs> but I think there'll probably be fifteen to twenty that'll get extra deals. I don't know if anybody opts out after kind of you know thinking about it beforehand. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody would, or somebody will. I mean, just that the way things work, somebody will try, and then they will quickly realize, oh, okay, well. I'd rather just have the 600 bucks because like right now it's the deadline is if you're not in by what April or May end of May or something that you won't be in the original release of the game, which does suggest an early summer release, by the way. And then if you change your mind, you could be in when they do a roster update later, but somebody might try, but I, I really like Bud was saying in the text thread this morning, what kind of leverage do you have? Like if you're, even if you're Quinn Ewers and you're like, I'm going to do it. I want more and the end you know the game is like okay whatever we'll just put in a avatar for you are people not going to buy the game because Quinn Ewers his name isn't on there especially when you could just you know remember how you used to do it you would just go in and change the player's name and the tributes in there now he's Quinn Ewers so I really don't think they have much leverage in this kind of thing so your best bet is hey you're getting 600 bucks in the free game just just say yes being you know it's for the good of the world the greater good <laughs> I think it increases your marketing potential across all like of your future NIL or marketing earnings to have your name in there. So you get the 600 bucks, you get the free game, but you also get the opportunity for fans to be playing with you you know, in that game rather than quarterback number five or Ron mm -hmm. player or like whatever sort of uh, substitute that they would have if you do decide to opt out of the game. So I, 
I definitely don't see anybody opting out. And I was thinking that my understanding of ambassador could be very loose. You could be an ambassador doing a signing at a Best Buy or a Walmart, you know, just like, hey, guess what? I'm the ambassador. I am Rocco Becht. And here in Ames, here in Ames, come on down to the Best Buy from 10 to 12 on Saturday. Rocco Bex will be like signing copies of the new NCAA football game, and you can be compensated beyond the $600 and still be an ambassador. So, you know, 10 Danny, to 15, get a load of this old man buying physical copies of video games from Best Buy. You're just going to download it on your PS4 or 5. Really? What Is that how it works? Are you not going to have Mr. Xbox downloaded. 360 over here. You could just download them. I even knew that, Chip. Come on. I didn't know that. <laughs> I haven't actually had a physical copy of a video game in like 10 years. <laughs> well, there's got to be something. I was anyway that who knows i apparently i've just found out live on the air on uh youtube.com slash cover three that we don't have physical copies of video games anymore you can it's just if you it, the person buying the physical copy is usually using a walker to find them in the store <laughs> <laughs> uh thank you to grant we always appreciate it we got some more questions uh coming up one including one from uh inside the house mikey who's doing an awesome job uh jumping in helping us out added what legends do you want to see in the game? We can just go like a couple names, you know, whatever's right off the top. If we do have some some legend teams or best of teams, who would you like to see get the tap to be in there besides Danny Cannell? Which is obviously I mean, seriously, cool. like if the if the ninety three team is there, I will absolutely sub out Charlie Ward for myself just so my daughters can play with me, which would be really cool. Uh, 2001 Hurricanes, right? What always debated is that the best team of all time? I think they're a no-brainer to have in there. Do you go back historically and go back like how far back do you go? Like to Notre Dame teams with the mm -hmm. Four no. Horsemen? Can you do that? You don't have to go that far, right? You don't have to go that far. I yeah. would say, yeah, do like the best teams of the video game era, like when they first start. So since like '93, like all the great teams since then and on, I would maybe do. But more than like great teams, I just want them. Remember, like they'd have the mascot teams. Oh, yeah. And you could play like the, you know, the team, like the Oregon Ducks versus, you know, I don't know, any other mascot. I just hope they have that in the game still where you can do teams full of mascots. Hours upon hours of playing Option Dash with mascots. Yes. I don't know if you guys remember <laughs> Option Dash, the mini game that was only running the option against the defense. Yep. That would be a uh, shout out to Paul Norman, Baker Freiburg, and everybody up in the second floor of uh the old frat house for hours and hours and hours what frat were you in uh no we're not gonna you can you go find me in the composite y'all y'all can y'all can wander around and go find my face on the wall all right let's uh let's dive into a little bit more of the news of the day we will continue to hit your questions uh, along the way but tuesday we get the official announcement five plus seven has been approved by uh the university presidents and chancellors that it to the college football playoff. They are academic types. They are collegial. And then the teeth get sharpened when those conference commissioners are a little bit more ruthless and a little bit more plugged in, I think, to the, you know, the financials, the business, the television contract side of things. Like they they are the ones who are going to make this a really difficult moving forward. And the discussion, now that we've gotten 2024 and 2025 figured out, is 2026 and beyond. And the reporting coming out of yesterday's meeting of the conference commissioners it includes, you know, we're, we're talking about a 14-team model. We're talking about a 16-team model. You know, there have been requests for automatic bids designated for conferences. It seems, because I, I was going through and... We talked about this, no decisions were made. We talked about this, no decisions were made. We talked about this, no decisions were made. I mean, Danny, they threw everything on the whiteboard. They leaked all the information of everything that was on the whiteboard. How, how do you see this conversation moving ahead as, according to Executive Director Bill Hancock, this is something that they would like to get finalized, quote, within the month? I don't know if that means in the next seven days or whether that means within a month, but certainly here in the next several weeks, we should be hearing about the future of 2026 and beyond. I don't believe anything uh, because this is the same group that three years ago told us we were going to get 12 team playoff and then made us wait to get it, but also threatened that it wasn't going to exist. And then it's going to exist. The only thing I know for certain is that for the next two years, we're gonna have a 12 team playoff with the five plus seven model. I feel pretty confident about that. But what happens past then 
is so up in the air. Like you, and I think a lot of this is negotiating tactics, power plays to try to pull on what various commissioners want. Ultimately, I think we get to 14 and most likely 16, but I don't know what to believe because they're unbelievable people that are telling you these stories, right? I mean, they just, they've, they've, they're PR shills who are trying to make themselves look good. There's power plays to try to gain more power for different conferences. I don't believe any of it, but I do think eventually, like we don't even know, like Florida state is in the middle of a lawsuit. We might not even have the ACC in 2026, Ooh. you know, like, so we can come up with all these different ideas and all these philosophies. We already had to adapt the 12 team, just like we're going to have to adapt whether they go 14, 16. So they can say that they want to have something ironed out, but I don't think they truly will until we know how the dust is going to sell with conference realignment. All I could say is finally, because I am so sick and tired of this 12 team playoff every single year. It's about time they finally expanded it. The same 12 teams every damn year of its existence. Finally, we get a chance to get some new blood in there and get a chance to play for a national title. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, I don't think I need to go into detail on how I'm going to feel about all of it, but you've you complained about a four team for however long they've been complaining about it, and they go immediately to 12. You could have gone to six. You could have gone to eight. No, you jump straight to 12. And then before you have played a damn game in the 12-team format, you're arguing, going, actually, we're going to go to 14. We just decided 12 is not enough. Maybe even 16. Hell, let's do 32. I mean, why not? Just get rid of the regular season entirely and just have one big 128-team tournament every single season be great well the, all right so danny has he asked bill Connolly yesterday i saw you ask on twitter as well like when you when you talk about having it decided on the field no committee no formulas like just playing it on the field what sort of responses have you gotten that that seem to make sense to you like what is a de true decided on the field type way to to try to get this together oh i came up with a beautiful bracket that's absolutely perfect uh, but there has to be some more changes <laughs> to the system. One, you can't do it with 134, 135 teams. Like, that's impossible. Um, if it was so nice and tidy, if we had, we call it a power four, but we really realize it's a super two, right? It's a, or whatever we're going to call the Big Ten SEC. But if we truly had power four, you take four teams from each conference, you have them determine who their best four are with standings. However, if they want to do a ranking from theirs, you have those best four figure it out who your conference championship is. You could have a four-game playoff from the SEC, four-game playoff from the Big Ten, four-game from the ACC, four-game from the Big 12, and then each conference champion is in, four-game playoff, boom. You'd have to eliminate conference championships, or would you? You could have those played out from each one, um, but the disparity comes in with all conferences not created equal, which I am fully on board with now that we've got free uh, conference realignment. Even the most ardent ACC fanboy out there would never say, well, we deserve the same amount in the current environment. So the current landscape has kind of screwed that up. What I'm trying to figure out is a bracket where you could have four teams from the SEC, four teams from the Big Ten, two from the ACC, two from the Big 12, and have it played out on the field where you determine your top four, but they'd have to play an extra game. So like somehow seeded, they still have to be seeded, mm -hmm. you know, but do you let... Like it, that's the problem is seeding comes into play and I'm trying to figure it out. I am putting my mind, my full brain power behind this. I even have some, some pills that I take <laughs> alpha brain that are really going to help me. Mushroom this pills. One. I am going to figure it out. So and Danny's like, Danny's just like, I'm going to take some mushrooms and figure out an idea. That's basically that's right. what he's saying. No, maybe ayahuasca. <laughs> yeah, I'll just figure out the problem. Aaron Rodgers vibes are strong with Danny Cannell right here. In like February. I've seen the vision. You think I'm joking? Alpha you think brain. I'm kidding? Yeah, no, I don't think you're joking at all. All right, um, so Tom, it's funny because I I thought that that's where Danny might be going because. Champions. I mean, do you smell Champions League vibes coming out of this? Like we we determine how many uh, conference, how many bids to the Champions League college football playoff each of these conference gets, and they get their own way to decide it. And they are, send the teams into the big bracket. Then it all gets sorted with maybe a draw or seeding. Like if you are going to have automatic bids and extend them. Like as in automatic specifically for a conference that not just conference champions, but the SEC, as Danny mentioned, is going to get four. The Big Ten, you know, gets four, two, two, like some sort of disparity like that. That is not that dissimilar from the way that the European Champions League 
model works where the strongest leagues get the most bids into the Champions League and the lesser ones get less. But would it be dynamic? Because that's the difference. Like, would it always be the Big Ten gets four no matter what? Because with the Champions League, like right now, I, they're changing the format next year. So I think like some leagues will get five teams in. But mm -hmm. right now, like the Premier League, which is the best league, gets four teams in. The Italian League gets four. The German League gets four. The Spanish League gets four. But they base it on your performance in these tournaments. Like France used to get four in too, but France has been poopy in these tournaments last year. And I think France only has two automatic qualifiers now. So would it be the same kind of thing? Whereas if the ACC starts with two, but Florida State and Clemson or whoever do really well over a certain number of years, does the ACC then earn a third bid? That's if you're going to go with that model, that's what I would like to see. I would like it to be more dynamic so that way you can change so that way because, you know, this stuff all is cyclical. And odds are that the Big Ten and the SEC are going to be the two most powerful conferences from now until the heat death of the universe. But just in case it isn't, it should be cyclical if the Big 12 falls up or takes a step forward or either any conference does. So I would be okay with that. But I think the most important thing Danny said, which is the crux of the entire issue, is in a sport with, what, 136 teams now? 134. Shout out to Kansas State. Give it a couple weeks. But in a sport with 134 teams, there is never going to be a way to fairly determine a national champion or accurately determine a national champion. It is always going to be a beauty contest and a popularity contest, which is why you probably shouldn't spend so much damn time trying to figure out the way to determine the national champion. That's just my opinion. Unless you split the two which I do think is becoming more of a likely potential scenario. Mm -hmm. Group of five. Or You're even hearing it from the group over. of five. Yeah. yeah. Whatever's left there. over after this next round of realignment, then they could have their own championship, which I have heard more group of five coaches because they used to really cling to, mm -hmm. man, we're a part of the playoff and they could sell that. But now that they're realizing like with NIL and they're just becoming a feeder system, they're looking at the reality of we're never going to have a chance to compete for a playoff spot. So why don't we have our own? I do think that's the best solution for it. And then it becomes more feasible that you could have a truer playoff at the Power 5 level and the Group of 5 level. Like, we could figure all this out and have a better system of determining our champion. Yeah, the then question like is... How many teams are left? Like, where's the split? And that, to me, is probably the most fascinating question. Is it 32? Is it 48? Is it 64? You know, that the Power 5, Power... Or, excuse me, Power 4, Group of 5 delineation, where does it start? And I don't think we'll know that until they figure out the Florida State, you know, ACC situation. I think, like you have heard more and more G5 coaches and administrators kind of broach that subject recently. The question is, what kind of money will they get? Because if you do form a G5 playoff, how attractive will that be to television networks? Because in a sense, you're kind of demeaning your own, diminishing your own product by saying, well, we can't be in this one. So I, I don't know. I do think we are heading towards a split. And I don't think that the G5 will have much of a say in it before too long. That might not be for another decade still, but I do think you're looking at an era where you've seen it before, where you know Division One went from just all to from Division One to Division Two, Division Three. You went to FBS and FCS. I think you will see the FBS split again, in which it will be whether it's just the Big Ten and the SEC on their own or whatever. It's it's going to happen. They will have their own championships, like it or not. I could be completely off on this. I'm not super dialed in on the financials and even the ratings of the group of five, but I would have to imagine that a group of five playoff where you could have potentially Memphis versus Boise State, you know, or some mm -hmm. pretty big run, San Diego State versus Northern Illinois, playing in a playoff game where there's a championship on the line would have to rate at least as well as whatever bowl game that they're airing December 19th, you know, because the bowl games do really well. Mm -hmm. You know, and if there was at least a little more of a time, what do we call them all? Meaningless. So everyone's like, who wants to be there? If they're actual playoff games for a championship, I think you'll get better effort, better participation from those schools. And I would think they would be more valuable than those. And you could salvage kind of half the bowl system, the bottom tier of the bowl system to make them more compelling and more of a package for the TV companies that might be willing to pay for them. Good point. Uh, speaking of the group of five, a prominent program in the Sun Belt. We remember Georgia State. They need to replace Sean Elliott. They are keeping it in state reportedly with some of their top candidates. We'll get into that. And Kalen DeBoer's Alabama staff finally finalized. And more of your questions next.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Back here on the Cover 3 podcast, uh, our old friend from the tailgate short round has jokes. We're blaming the AT&T outage on NIL. Because that's what we do with all of our issues. We blame it on NIL or the transfer portal. Um, also, this one, I'll, uh, let's see. Oliver from the Cover 3 tailgate says, as members of the college football media, are there any phrases, cliches, platitudes that fans or other media members say that are pet peeves and get on your nerves a little bit? Let's air some grievances, Oliver says. He jumped in before the show started. We always like our early birds who get in here and get the conversation going in the tailgate before we get rolling. Tom, what do we think? Phrases, cliches, platitudes that are pet peeves or get on your nerves. Talk about. Oh, like media members? Going to a press conference and talk about. And you're not really asking a question. You're just saying, I've already decided what my column is that I'm writing. I need you to give me a quote to put in there to help fill a paragraph or two, which is, that's all that is. You don't, it doesn't benefit anybody. You don't really learn anything. It's just somebody trying to fill a column. Um, another thing that bothers me, and this is, this says more about me probably than anything. I don't like when reporters call coaches coach. Ooh, He's not your coach. He's, He's Jim. He's, you can call him Mr. Smith. Call him anything. Call him coach. He's not Nick? your coach. Hey, Nick. Yeah. Got a question. See, I don't him. mind if they call him Nick. Like, if you've got a relationship with him, Nick. Hey, Nick, what's this? Or coach. Like, it's, I don't know. It, 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 it feels like you're kind of putting, you're putting them above you when you do that. Like, he's, like, when, when somebody's your coach, technically on the power structure, they are, you know, in charge. Like, and it's not like you call somebody a doctor, a doctor, that dude went to school for like eight years and he's the one with all the answers for you. He's the one that's, you know, but I don't know. It's like I said, it probably says more about me, but it drives me nuts when people do that. It's subservient. I, all right. So I have great, and this is like, obviously this is something that's popular. I've checked myself on this and I think I'm going to stand by, and it is a person to person decision, but at my core, I still call my old coaches often coach. Yeah, me too, because they were my coach. But I am saying it as a, a, a term of respect for what they are doing. Like, it, it, is, it is the same way. How about this? It's the same thing as officer. You know, like, I'm, hey, hey, hey coach, or, you know. Yeah, but you don't know I, the cop's name. Hmm. If a guy, if a cop pulls you over and he rolls, you can't say, "What's the problem, Jim?" Because you don't know who the hell he is. And and if you do know him, you will say, "Jim." Like when I grew up, the town I grew up in, I knew all the cops. I won't explain how, but I knew all the cops. So when I ran into him, I would call them by their name. Coach White, like I'm just I'm thinking about all the coaches, like middle school, high school, city league basketball. Like I, I run into them. I am an adult now. They are adults. Like we we should be peers, but I still I still call them coach. I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of, uh, I'll, I'll stand by that one. Well, you still call your dad, dad, because he's always been your dad. So if your coach was a coach, you're going to call him coach, no matter how old you are. I think coaching young people is, and I know that the, the money has made it very different. Um, but I do think that coaching young people is a position that I respect in society. I think that's what it might be, might come down to. Like I, I appreciate that there are people Again, at the college football level, they're multimillionaires. We probably should be treating them differently. And I think that it is a coach-by-coach basis in terms of how I approach that. 
but I'm in general, I am not as anti-coach about that because I think that coaches are valuable for society. So what do you I do? call him Nick, things I don't even think he's valuable? No, I'm just in, I'm inspecting, I'm trying to investigate my own, you know, ah, gotcha. causes for this. What do you do if you're on a television set with a coach? Like I've worked with Mac Brown, Houston Nutt, just to name a few. I would call him Mac. Like Nick Saban. What do you think they're going to call Nick Saban on game day? They're going to call him coach. Yes. Mm. And I'm just going to shake my head. Of course, I won't be watching. But, <laughs> but like he's now literally are. your colleague. Like he's literally sitting at the same desk you are. You called doctor's doctor, even though you're not your doctor. Shout out to Ryan. He jumped in on that one. But I call my dad dad, not doctor. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I don't. What, what, uh, Danny, what I gets call on my your doctor doc? I mean, because yeah. like he's my doctor. Like, what if, if my, you my play coach golf is, with a guy, if Nick Saban is my coach, I would call him coach. What I if you play golf with a guy working on me, doctor? I call him what their name is. If you got a dog, if you got a guy, I guess we have a golf, we have a doctor that I don't go to that I play golf with. I don't think I call him doc. It's kind of a nickname. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're playing, if you're playing with a guy who or a woman who is a doctor, but they're not your doctor, why would you call them doctor? Call them their name. They're not uh, at Nick, work. It's a nickname. They went to school a long time. <laughs> they did. And if they're working on me and they're giving me an exam, I'll be like, well, Doc, what do you think? But if we're playing golf, I'll be like, well, Nicole, what do you think? Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Where, where do you stay? Or, or uh, other pet peeves. Danny. Something that bothered me a lot worse when I got into this business Back in 2008, it's going to feed right into it, but this is where the origin of the anti-SEC take was. I heard all the time, the SEC is head and shoulders above everybody else. I didn't mind saying the SEC was the best conference in college football, but I frequently would hear on television, often with people on the same set, say it's head and shoulders above everybody else. And I would just push back and say, you know, everybody plays tackle football, same sport. They might have a few more guys. Uh, and clearly now they've elevated to a place where I do think it's pretty clear cut. They're a super league, but that bothered me for a long time. Um, and that's kind of where the origin of just kind of challenging that narrative became I'm anti-SEC. The other pet peeve I have, and I am 100% guilty of it, when we're evaluating teams and we say they got a bunch of dudes, like a bunch of dudes, like you hear it all the time. Like, Hey, I got a bunch of dudes. Like, it's just kind of a way to just I'm guilty of that. Yeah. I am so guilty of it. And I want to <laughs> be done with it. Like we can use more verbiage to describe even potentially more specific verbiage to, de to describe a team's greatness and their athleticism and their physicality. And just say they're a bunch of dudes. But I do think people know what you mean when you say a bunch of dudes. So maybe there is a something to it. I I I, I stay with dudes. <laughs> I mean, it's just it, it or dogs, you know. And, and those are I think dudes and dogs are different things. I think yeah. dudes, I think dudes look great coming off the bus, and I think dogs make your eyes get wide when you watch them play on the field. You know, it's like when you're walking around at a game during the warmups and the stretches. There's some teams that look like they got dudes, but the game starts. They're pups. You know, they, they ain't got dog in them. So I, the highest the highest compliment I can give them is like, I think dude is a guy that's very talented, but I think the highest compliment I give a player is I just call him a football player. Mm. Oh, he's just a football player. Like, there are yeah. some dudes who aren't football players. They're just dudes. Like, oh, that guy's huge. He's, he plays like, you know, poop. Or, or like, isn't as, con like, um, Tyron, Matthew, hard. Tyron Matthew was a football player. Mm -hmm. Like that, like you just, you're like, I understand that the combination of skill, speed, instincts, like that, that guy has put it all together. He is a foot capital F football player performing at the highest level right now. That kind of thing. All right. Uh, one couple other quick, uh, highlights and we'll dive on into the five-star big old bag of mail. Um, Georgia state needs to replace Sean Elliott. Sean Elliott left his position as the Panthers head coach with spring practice already started. Did it start back up? Not yet. They put it on. Pause. Um, and reports indicate that Georgia state is moving quickly to try and find a replacement. They had named an interim, but, uh, Georgia assistant Dale McGee 
is among the candidates to be the next head coach. A um, couple things sort of stand out off the jump here. Uh, Del McGee, terrific recruiter for the Bulldogs. You know, somebody who's got a lot of experience within that state. I understand the move from there, but also the Georgia side of this. You just lost Fran Brown to go be the Syracuse head coach. You could potentially be losing Del McGee uh, to go be your running backs coach and terrific recruiter to go be the head coach at Georgia State. I mean, Tom, is it? I, this is going to be a challenge for Kirby Smart uh, to continue keeping things running at the very highest level with all this staff turnover. It's not just a challenge for Kirby. It's a challenge for me. This is another victory for the Tom Fernelli Fernelli Tech coaching tree. I've drafted Del McGee each of the last two years. I and now say, I can't I draft him again for a third. Yeah. yeah, I don't care about Kirby. I need to find somebody else for my staff. Kirby will be fine. He coaches Georgia. I don't think he's going to have trouble landing a coach. I don't think he's going to have trouble recruiting talent. Me? I don't have that kind of street cred. And how the hell am I supposed to replace Del McGee now? <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, I saw somebody tweet this at Bud, actually, that this is the last of the originals, the OGs that Kirby Smart brought with him in 2016. Be, yeah. um, I haven't confirmed that, but I think the whole staff has completely turned over. And he's the last one. So it's uh, when you have this much success, that's kind of what happens. You know, you, you're going to lose staff. That's a part of it. It feels similar to me. Uh, we talked a little bit about it as well as Fran Brown. Like this is a recruiting hire. And I see somebody in the comments say, where was it in there? Um, it said he's just a recruiter, not a great head coach. And I'm like, well, what do you think the game is about? It's How about would you know if talent. he's a great head coach? He hasn't been a head coach. Right. So I think it's I think it's great. I think from that standpoint, they're in an area where you should be able to pull in some pretty good talent. Hey, you, you know? know what? You know what, Danny? Hmm. You know all those dudes on, on Georgia State? Yeah. Those dudes are getting a Dell. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh that's was that 2001, 2002 callback? But it was a good, good, good stuff right there. Oh uh, man. All right, let's uh, let's here we go. Um, on Thursdays, we like to open up the mailbag. All right, let's dive into the big old bag of mail. Those of us who left us a five star review and in that review put their mailbag question. This one comes from Trent. Hey, Cover Three, long time fan here, and never miss a show. I asked this question last year on one of the episodes when Chip was in prison, parentheses, glad to see he has been reformed, and Tom said it would be better suited for a mailbag. My question is, if you could pick one quarterback, one running back, and one wide receiver that played at the same school, which school would you draft? They could have played in any time frame and did not have to play at the same time. They just need to have played at the same school. Thanks, Trent. Oh, I I was doing same year. So like my yeah, goodness. No, I think it yeah. Um my first one off the top of my head is I'll take Cam Newton, Bo Jackson, and whatever the hell Auburn wide receiver you want to give me <laughs> because I won't be throwing the ball anyway. Give me Devin Aroma should do. I don't care. Sammy um, Coates. Sammy Coates. <laughs> Steve Slayton. Whoever was which Slayton played there? Steve or Darius? Was Darius. Darius. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Steve was at West Virginia. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I feel like you can give me Reggie Bush, Keyshawn Johnson, and Carson Palmer. Mm. That's a good one. Dan Marino, Tony Dorsett, Larry Fitzgerald. Thank you, Don, for that one. Hail to Pitt. That's a pretty yeah, strong group. That's a really strong trio. That might be the strongest. If, if you want to talk about like individual excellence at all three of those positions, Dan Marino among all the quarterbacks, Tony Dorsett among all the running backs, Larry Fitzgerald among all the wide receivers, that they're ranking across the board, that composite rating or whatever is going to be about as high as I think you could get. And the fact that it's coming from Pitt speaks to why there is still such a passionate fan base that you know wants Pitt to be great because... For a stretch there, it was as good as it gets in college football uh, there uh, in Pittsburgh. I'm trying to think. If you did Bama, I because I looked at when I was doing just classes, I had Tua, but you could easily, you know, you could pick somebody else for quarterback, but I went with Tua, and then I went with the 2018. Like if you were doing one year, 
Because you'd have to choose from one of those receivers where 2018 Devontae Smith was kind of at the bottom of the uh, you know, draft or um, depth chart. But you had Jalen Waddell, Jerry, Judy, Henry Ruggs. And in the running back room, you had Najee Harris, Damian Harris, and uh, Josh Jett. Like It's a plethora of talent to go around to pick from. Like If you had one, then I looked at 2019 Joe Burrow, uh, Jamar Chase. Clyde Edwards-Alaire has kind of dropped off a little bit, but he was pretty special in college. Um, Alabama, there's some really good ones. Stanford, that's a good one. Stanford's uh, John Elway, Christian McCaffrey, James Lofton. Shout out to Ozzy. That's pretty strong. Yeah, L. I think you can go with Luck too. Um, yeah, Alabama. I'd go Bryce Young, Derrick Henry, Julio Jones. I think Julio's got to be your wide receiver. Yeah, because that had, team had was so loaded. But that like before um, Alabama went to the we want to overwhelm you on the perimeter. Let's talk about the dude conversation. There were those years where it's like, all right, we're going to run the ball really well. And then when it's time for play action, we just have someone who you cannot cover on the outside. And if your safety gets two drops down in the box and it's one-on-one on the outside with Julio, he's catching the ball and he's going to pull away from whoever you've got in coverage. I would definitely go with Julio as my Alabama wide receiver. And I... I might take Tua over Bryce. Maybe. Tua yeah. in 2018 was bananas. Yeah. yeah. Tua's an RPO merchant. Um, <laughs> whoa. Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, I, Bud's not here, so he could say nice things about Miami. I would go Frank Gore. Do I want to go with Andre Johnson or Santana Moss? Andre I'd Johnson go, was a beast. I think I, like I would go with Andre Johnson. The question is, who am I going with QB? Am I going to go with Ken Dorsey or Gino Toretta or Vinny Testaverde? It's like Jim Kelly or Jim. Yeah, there you go. So, Jim yeah, Kelly. thank you. So Jim Kelly, Frank Gore, Andre Johnson. Yeah, I that's think pretty that's strong. Good. And I was, um, I mean, for for Florida State, Danny, if it wasn't you, because I do think that the, War, the Warwick done Peter Warwick for me. Yeah, I'm doing those, Florida State, those are like not really negotiable. I'd give it to Charlie. Yeah. Then Jameis. Then Winky, in that order. So I, I'm partial to Charlie. Although Jameis was phenomenal, but I I think Charlie was ahead of his time. I agree. I think that I would probably go uh, Charlie there as well. What about Oklahoma? There's there's a good argument for Baker. Baker Mayfield has an argument. Oh yeah, it's like one of the great college quarterbacks of an era. And I don't know how you want to bracket it, whether it's the decade or the play early playoff era, like what I'm not sure, but he, he was electric. Um, Baker APCD. Yeah. Peterson. And then you think that's, I was wondering about wide receiver. You think CD lamb. It might be recency bias, but I just do think CD lamb is very, 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 very good. And it's like, they might, you can, there's probably an argument to be made for other guys, but for me, I think that's gotta be the best receiver they've ever had. Yeah. It's good stuff right there. Uh, we appreciate Trent. The question, uh, feel free if to, you keep- were doing Michigan. Would you take Tom Brady? No, not as a college quarterback. Yeah. He's doing great in college. They haven't had, you I know, when take when, Elvis Gerback over Tom Brady, if I'm doing, might be, I mean, Harbaugh, I think Harbaugh might have been right when he said J.J. McCarthy is the best quarterback to ever come through here. And it might be more of an indictment on just the style of play. Like, they've never mm-hmm. had a prolific college quarterback. So I think he might have been – it might be J.J. McCarthy is who you take from Michigan. Short or round Har- is right about Illinois. Or Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was going to – I was uh, Phillip Rivers, Ted Brown, and Torrey Holt. Go Pack. That's yeah, bad. that's a good one. It's, it's not a, not a bad one right there. Or as, as Will Brinson, you know, QBU at NC State there. Let's see, if I was to do North Carolina, Natron means <laughs> um, wide receiver, uh, Hakeem Nix? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, he was good there, yeah. And then Had quarterback might just be Drake May. <laughs> just, <laughs> wow. Wow. Sam Howell's corpse isn't even cold. Uh, choose choose either one of them. Either that or my guy TJ Yates. You know, you Darian Durant, <laughs> somewhere around there. You can, you can pick and choose all that. Uh, coming up on the other side, we continue rolling through the big old bag of mail with an interesting question from a little while back that asked whether Kalen DeBoer is the inverse Mario Cristobal. We'll get into that and more next 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Back here on the Cover 3 podcast. This one comes from the big old bag of mail where Jake says, Dear Cover 3 pod, I was listening to the Kalen DeBoer instant reaction pod when Bud mentioned how DeBoer will need to be surrounded by great recruiters to cover for his potential weakness of recruiting, which sparked my question. Is Kalen DeBoer the inverse of Mario Cristobal? If DeBoer is a great in-game coach and amazing offensive mind with questionable recruiting capabilities, then Mario has to be the exact opposite of that, correct? If so, then my question is, what coach is likely to mask their weakness and win a national championship first? Who do you think could win a national championship first, Kalen DeBoer or Mario Cristobal? P.S. Met Chip at the hotel while in New Orleans during the Sugar Bowl, and he could not have been nicer. I would have asked for a picture, but he looked like he was in a hurry, and my parents would have been confused as to why I'm asking to take a picture with a, quote, podcaster. Go Vol. <laughs> Jake. <laughs> that's great oh, he must have caught chip on a good day because usually when i'm in public with him and fans come up he just completely ignores them yeah big time just <laughs> he's a big time snob. Yeah. <laughs> um so i think it's a pretty good point he's also the inverse of mario cristobal if you consider mario is a miami hurricane guy like his history there kaylin has zero history with alabama or even the sec for that matter uh kind of different personalities and I do think the inverse of the coaching styles is, at least from what we've seen so far, is the track record is Mario has been great on the recruiting trail and hasn't been, you know, it's been a liability as far as when he gets involved with the offensive scheme. And Kalen DeBoer has elevated the offenses he's been on. And the recruiting, recruiting thing I think will be interesting to see because he hasn't been at a place where you can get top-tier talent. Like, it's hard, you know, when you're at, you know, Fresno State, Let it, I mean, that speaks for itself. But Washington, even, is not an easy place to recruit to. And now that he's at Alabama, like, give it some time before we just write him off as somebody who can't recruit. You know, now we'll see. But from now, I think it's a pretty accurate uh, assessment. A couple ways that I'm looking at this is, A, Kalen DeBoer played for a national title two months ago at Washington. Now he's at Alabama. Mario Cristobal has been at Oregon. He's been at Miami, and he's failed to break through at two programs. I feel like I probably have an easier, quote-unquote, path to the national title than DeBoer had at Washington. And B, if Miami has a season where it gets to the playoff, they finally break through. And, I mean, you know, clip this, Miami fans, and bang me over the head with it one day if it works. But then you get to the playoff, and you're Mario Cristobal, and you're going up against a bunch of other teams who have also recruited very well. So now it's going to come down to coaching. Who are you taking? Kalen DeBoer. Yeah. 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 I think that, uh, I think that in the 12, there has been, I think, an accurate stance that expanding the playoff lessens the chance that a, a juggernaut 
that we're going to have like a true underdog story actually win a national championship. You create more games, you lessen the chance that we have a team with, you know, less talent be able to do it. But if we also have a tier that has, you know, it's not necessarily one, two, and then everybody else way down. But if we do have a tier of college football where there is comparable talent among eight, 10 teams, and those teams are in the college football playoff, I could see the pendulum swinging in the direction where being a good coach, being prepared, being able to make those good decisions and press the right buttons for in-game scenario, that is going to be you know, even more important uh, in the expanded playoff era just because there are more teams, most of them have comparable talent, and now we're just going to find new ways to win at the margins, and that's where I think the responsibility falls back onto the sideline, and I would have more... I'll have more uh, confidence along the way to do that with Mario Cristobal. I mean, excuse me, with Kalen DeBoer, I believe. What do you think, Danny? I think it's Kalen DeBoer. I mean, just look at the tradition of the program. Miami itself hasn't won a a championship since that 2001 team we were talking about. I mean, at least you're inheriting something that seems really healthy. I know it wasn't up to par by Nick Saban's standards, but – the, the roster still stacks, so I, I'll say even though it's harder. Is it harder, though? I mean, you're going to get probably a spot in the playoff, which you're not guaranteed at Miami. You know, if you go 9-3 and three at Bama, there's a chance you could get in. If you're 9-3 and three at Miami, you're toast. So yeah. like getting a seat at the table, figuring it out when it matters the most um, with those types of athletes, I think it's pretty easy. I think it's Kalen DeBoer. Good stuff all around. We will be back on Monday as we continue to figure out exactly what the future of the college football playoff begins to look like. We have the Alabama coaching staff nearly finalized. So coming up next week, we will be doing our winners and losers of the assistant coaching carousel. We're not putting a bow on it, okay? We are just simply analyzing the information that has happened so far uh and again with eyes on georgia state and elsewhere georgia still has uh some assistant roles to fill but we can definitely start to break down some of the biggest moves across the assistant coaching carousel all that and so much more and you can follow him on twitter at tom Pennelli. you can follow him at danny Cannell. you can follow me at chip underscore patterson gentlemen thank you very much thank you see ya Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 